verses 1 through 3. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. We can read it together if you would like to. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. You sound like you're reading a newspaper. For his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. So we talked the last couple of lessons that giving thanks to the Lord, what it does for our lives, that it changes us. It doesn't change God any. God is God. He's the Lord. He's the God of gods. He is God. But it changes us. We found out that gratitude is the quality of being thankful. And as born-again Christians, it's the gratitude is the pure and appropriate response for what God does. He's worthy of our praise, we found out. And we found out that an attitude is a mental disposition And it shows with an outward expression. Your attitude shows. You either have a good attitude or you have an evil, stinky attitude. So you either have a thankful attitude or you have an unthankful attitude. If you are a Christian and you have an unthankful attitude, you are not a Christian. Because... God does not have any evil in him. So if you are Christ-like, you have to be thankful. Then we talked about why choose gratitude over ingratitude. Quite simply because we are commanded to. That should be enough. You know, we're commanded to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and then we are promised the gift of the Holy Ghost. That should be enough. It's a command. Be thankful. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Shouldn't have to be pumped up. You should come that way. It's a command, but it never is enough to be commanded to do anything. So then we talked about the reason that we should show gratitude is because God is worthy. Reason enough. And then we go on because of all that he's done for us. Then last week, we talked about that we are not, in First Thessalonians um, 5, verses 16, 17, and 18, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. We talked about, you know, we've got the praying part down, trouble hits, and we pray. We got that down. We talked about that. We cry and wail and cry and wail and cry and wail, but we've for years missed the part that when we're done crying and wailing, we forget to get up and give him thanks. And then thus we're not walking by faith. We don't rejoice and pray and give thanks. We, we pray, but we don't then give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. So the key to having an attitude of gratitude we talked about is realizing, number one, that God is in charge. And realizing, number two, that God is sovereign. When we realize those two facts, then we can become contented and we become thankful. It's only then and then only that we don't worry that if our glass is half full or half empty. 
we just become thankful that we have a glass. Okay? So today we are going to go on. Oh, there's our First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18 verse. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Not just the turkey dinner that we love, thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. So today, there's our realize that God is in charge, God is sovereign. So today, we are going to go on and cover the whole Psalm 136. 26 times we are told of God's unfailing kindness, goodness, and faithfulness in Psalm 136. 26 times, 26 reasons to be thankful. His mercy endureth forever. And then 26 examples of that. 26 examples of his unfailing mercy. Now, if that's not enough to make Pam Parker thankful, I don't know what would be. 26 examples that apply to about every area of my life. So if that's not, if his unfailing mercy is not enough to make me go, whoa, wake up and smell the coffee, wake up in the morning and thank Jesus. The psalmist says, okay, here, let me break it down for you. So Psalms 136, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. God is just plain old good. He's never done anything bad in his whole existence. I started to say life. I don't know if life applies to God. But since he was there, he's always been there, he's never done anything bad. Everything he's ever done has been for good. And he works all things together for our good. He's just plain old good. That's a great reason to be thankful. No matter what comes, I know that it's for good. Because he's good. He's just plain old good. The Lord is good. You have a good God. It may be dark and dreary. It may be stormy and nasty. There may be a blizzard. I don't know. It may be the biggest valley that you've ever gone through. It may be a wind tunnel. It may be a dark tunnel. You may not even see the light at the end of the tunnel yet. But your good God has a light at the end of your tunnel. Just keep going through the tunnel. Your good God has a light at the end of the tunnel. He's in the tunnel with you. He is the lily in your valley. He's good. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You never are alone. He's the light in the darkness. He's good. But that must not have been enough because he wrote 25 more verses. 
We can't break for coffee yet. Oh, give thanks unto the God of little g gods. There's no other gods beside him. He is the God, capital G, of all gods, little g's. We are to have no other little g gods before him. That was the first commandment way back when in Exodus. He is the supreme enchilada. He's the big burrito. He's it. He's the whole enchilada. He's the all in all. He's it. Oh, give thanks unto the God. You know the God by name. You meet with him every day if you so choose. I've never shook the president's hand. Yet I sit at the God's feet every time I want to. I have an open invitation to his throne room. He personally rent the veil so I could go in, a commoner, a heathen, a sinner. The God, big G, died for me. The president's never done that. Queen Elizabeth never did that. Oh, give thanks unto the God. Of gods. What a God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords. For his mercy endureth forever. There is no Savior besides my Savior. There's several scriptures that say that. Isaiah 43.11 is one. Isaiah 45.21. Hosea 13.4. There is no Savior besides our Savior. He is the Lord of Lords. He rules everything. Now let me explain the word thanks here in this, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. It actually means like to throw or shoot, like to cast out like an arrow your praise. So you're casting out your praise. You're shooting out. You're confessing your praise. You're, you're, you're shooting out. You're confessing your praise. You're shooting it out. You're casting it down. So when I give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, I'm saying, Lord, you are so good. You are so sovereign. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the ruler of all. You are sovereign. And I submit. I throw down. I cast away all of my own desires all of my own thoughts of what might be best, all of my own selfish ways. I confess them all to you, God. You know, I really thought it would be best that. Here's how I want it to go, God. You do it this way and do it now. No, I'm putting all that aside, God. I'm trusting you completely because you are the... God of gods, you are the king of kings, you are the Lord of lords. And I cast it all. I give you thanks 
because your mercy endures forever. And I just sit here in your presence and I trust you. Here's the situation, Jesus. And I just give it to you. And I thank you for working it out. I cast down my own silly thoughts of how it should work. Because they are so menial. So less than what you would possibly have in mind. Forgive me for even trying to think it through for you. The God of God and the Lord of Lords. I cast them all aside and I trust you. So that's what that word thanks there means. I just cast it all aside. I shoot it. I cast them down and I shoot my thanks to him. Verse 4 says, To him who alone doeth wonders. When I cast my own silliness away, my own selfishness away, and I shoot my praise to him and trust him, he does wonders. If I was to sit, and I don't want to make this too personal, but if I was to sit you down over coffee or put you in my car, and just I wouldn't even have to leave the city limits to take you on a tour of where God has taken me from in this very city, in this very city, and tell you my history. He has done wonders, great wonders. Great doesn't even describe. And I would have so limited God. I would have so limited my great God. But I just said, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Do what you want to do. Have your way. Because your ways are so much higher than my ways. I can't even comprehend what you might have in mind. He does things so far beyond. And we just trust him and thank him for doing it. Before he ever does it. See, my problem is is I always want to know. I admit it. I'm a manager. I'm a control freak. Proud of it. Happy to be that way. I like to make a plan and work a plan, but not when it comes to Jesus. Have your way, Lord. He is the one that I will not manage and I will not limit because he works great wonders. He works great wonders. I never would have dreamed in a million years that he would ever ever do the works that he has done in my life. You would be astonished to know where he has taken this person from. You would be astonished to know. Because he does great wonders. Because his mercy is forever. It endures forever. When we thank him and trust him, He opens up a window of blessing that we can't comprehend. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. His wisdom far surpasses anything that we can comprehend. No one else could have created the heavens, both seen and unseen. 
we can look up and see the stars. When I draw a little picture, all the stars kind of sort of look as close together as they can. You know, they all look the same. I couldn't have fathomed in my mind to prepare an eclipse thousands of years ago to happen this summer. I couldn't have I couldn't have arranged that. Could you have, Sister Sue? I wouldn't have known what an eclipse was. That happened up in the heavens. And then he's up there preparing a heaven that we can't even begin to describe. It has streets of gold, pearly gates, lakes that are made out of things that people wear for jewelry. The streets are what they wear for chains. What a God. I mean, we're so common. His mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. I touched on this last week. Only our God could have placed land among the waters and then told the waters you can lap this far day after day after day after day, but only this far. Stop right there. The Mississippi River flows. It has a current strong enough that we tell people, don't go in the Mississippi. The current is too too strong. I know grown men that have great respect for the Mississippi. They will not vote on the Mississippi because the current is too strong. If They'll get swept away. We know of people who have drowned in the Mississippi. It takes them days if they ever find them. And it continues to flow year after year at the same path. Unless God says, okay, show them who's in control. I am. They need, they need a little lesson. Only our God can do that. To him that made great lights, God created all light, both the natural light, the sun and the moon. But beyond that, the spiritual light. He is the light of life. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of lords, for he is good. He is the only light of life. He is the only one that can lead, it, lead us to eternal life. I am the light of life. He gives us, takes us from darkness into the marvelous light. He is the only light. He made the sun to rule by day and the moon and stars to rule by night. For all these eons of years, the sun has come up every morning and the moon every night. Over and over and over, east and west, east and west, east and west, east and west, east and west. I've never seen it happen west to east, west to east. I lived all around the world. It's the same all the time. They have sundials. Tell the time by it. We talked about it last week, except that one time when you said you want it to go forward or you want it to go back. Eh, make it go back. It'll be more impressive, God. And so he said, okay. Knocked it back a few degrees. Only God can do that. He controls the sun and the moon. 
to him that smote Egypt in their firstborn. Not only that, but because of his mercy, I believe that he tried to get the attention of the people. Let me do a few little miracles in your midst to let my people go. But Pharaoh had a hard heart. Wouldn't let the people go. In fact, he was so, in my opinion, just opinion by Pam, so ignorant that when they'd say, well, when do you want the blood to go away? Oh, tomorrow about this time. Hello, today. Get these pests out of here today, now. You've got grasshoppers jumping all over. Oh, about tomorrow this time will be fine. Hello. Right? You know, get these varmints out of here now. So that tells me, folks, because he doesn't change. God will give us warnings. Listen up. His children and those people out there. God will send warnings. We better pay attention. (laughs) We better be listening. There's signs and there's seasons. We better be listening. I don't want to be a hard heart and not hear when God says, this is a sign, this is a warning. Are you listening? I don't want him to have to take my firstborn to get my attention. Just saying. And oh, it got quiet. And brought out Israel from among them. He will take care of his children. He will take care of his people. He will bring us deliverance. The world may be in chaos around us. He will take care of us. We do not have to look at the calamity around us. He will bring us deliverance. I don't know what will go on. I know that I'm safe in Jesus. His mercy endureth forever. I don't know how he'll take care of me. I don't know what he'll do. If he took care of them there, he'll take care of me here somehow. I may get stoned. I may get hung upside down and burned at a stake, but Jesus will be with me. If he puts me in the fire, he'll be with me in the fire. He was then, he will be now. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, God had a purpose for taking his children to Egypt. God never does anything without a purpose. You don't go into a valley without a purpose. You don't go in unless it's of your own making. And even then, if you draw back to God, God will work it for a purpose. Now, some people are just ignorant, and they do things, and it's of their own making, and they have to live through the situation. I'm sorry, but some people are just ignorant. And they make a bed, and they have to sleep in it. 
Now, if they cry out to God, God will meet them there again and help them through. But they made their bed. You know that old, old expression, you made your bed, you got to sleep in it. But if God puts you in a situation, if God leads you, he will be there with you. And he had a purpose in that situation. If God allows it is what I'm saying. God always has a purpose with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm. What God allows in our life, he always has a purpose for. And when the purpose is accomplished, he brings deliverance. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts and made Israel to pass over through the midst of it, who but our God could part a Red Sea and turn it into a highway. Who but our God could do that? I've never seen it. I've never seen it happen, except for in Ben-Hur or some movie that they tried to replicate it. I mean, I've never seen it. I try to imagine what that must have been like. I, I just can't imagine to be right there against it and being going, ah, help me. And he goes, oh, wouldn't that be so awesome? But I do know the feeling of being betwixt two things and not knowing what I'm going to do and just feeling like God just parted it and I could just run right through. And then having it just cave right in on the other person and go, I hate to say it, but we're going, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but who but our God, oh yeah, but who but our God then would take the very same thing to destroy your enemy? Who but your God? Because his mercy endureth forever. Please don't ever... Pray for the Red Sea to cave in on your enemy. We know that the Bible says that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Please don't ever quote that scripture against people. Please pray, God, your mercy endureth forever. God, I forgive them. Please, Lord, let your mercy endure forever. Save their soul. If they're that wicked, God, they must really need you bad. Save their soul, God. Please, God, don't let the Red Sea overflood them before they come to know you, Jesus. Because the vengeance of God, because he loves you. I mean, you can do a lot of things, but don't go against my babies. Because I become the mama cat, the mama bear. Don't mess with my kids. I mean, you, you ladies know what it's like. You can do a lot of things, but don't mess with our kids. And dads, you know what it's like. Don't mess with your little girls. Somebody messes with your little girls, you're coming out duking them. You're going to pin them against the wall. I don't care if they're 50 years old. Well, imagine how God is. We fight for our kids. We defend our kids. 
And if we take care of our children, imagine how God is. So please don't ever quote that scripture against somebody. Jesus, you said vengeance is yours. Get him, God. Now, I'm not doing anything, Jesus. I'm just leaving it up to you. No. God, let your mercy endure forever. Please, Jesus, let them come to know you. That's just my advice to you. And then he overthrew Pharaoh. I lost my place. But overthrew Pharaoh. We're on verse 15. But overthrew Pharaoh and his hosts in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 16. To him which led his people through the wilderness, even after he delivered his people, he loved them enough to show them what was in their hearts. Because he knew that if they got to the promised land right away, they were not ready to go in. Oftentimes, the valleys we go through, the situations that Jesus allows us to go through, are to show us what's in our heart. It's to prove us. It's to purge us. It's to get some stuff out of our hearts. Hatred, wickedness, bad feelings, unforgiveness, hatred. God will not allow certain things in heaven, in the promised land. He loves me enough to let me go through a valley here to get me ready for there. And I would rather suffer here so that I can go there than to get there, have a life of ease here, and get there and have him say, go over there with the goats. Because you're not coming in here. He has to purge me here. He has to strengthen me here so I can make it there. They had to go through the wilderness. And then some of them still didn't make it. Because they didn't learn their lessons. They didn't allow God to purge them. They didn't allow God to do his work. My daily prayer has to be, God, create in me a clean heart. God, give me a heart of thanksgiving. God, do your work in me. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Give me a right spirit, Jesus. It's only then that I will be acceptable in your sight. Only one thing, Jesus, do I desire. That was my very first scripture as a new believer. And it still is. One thing do I desire, and that do I continue to seek after. I don't care if we have a church of two or three or a church of 2003. I still want one thing, and that's to be in his presence and to be acceptable to him. Because without that, I've gained nothing. I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because it doesn't matter if I gain the whole world if I lose my own soul. And sometimes he has to take me through the wilderness to show me 
9 p.m., you let something get back in there. You have a little bit of garbage down in there, so let's get it out. To him which smote kings, for his mercy endureth forever. God took down kings. There is no king, little k, bigger than our king, capital K. He will take down those little k kings that get in your way. He slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And there's some of the kings listed. Sihan, king of the Amorites. Og, the king of Bashan. And if taking them down doesn't work, he will totally remove them. Back here, we saw, whoop, it didn't go back. Yes, it did. He smote them. Then he slew them. If one doesn't work, the other will. He will totally annihilate your enemies for you if he needs to. It doesn't matter how high and lofty they think they are. It does not matter. If you keep a right heart and a heart of thanksgiving with your God, he will take down the highest for you. He will totally remove them. But again, don't pray for that. None are more powerful or more famous than our God. Today, some may think they are powerful leaders, but stand back and stand on the truth. There has never been a time in history, in my opinion, where we need to be more firm on our truth. We heard that in leadership this morning. Be strong and of good courage. We have to be strong in the truth. In here and out there. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We don't want to be found on the wrong side. He gave their land for a heritage and inheritance unto Israel his servant. We're going to inherit everything that God wants us to have. I've heard of people that are in truth being gifted whole churches. They need a new church building and they're just gifted the church. I've heard of people being gifted all kinds of stuff. Just here. Now it's not always monetary material things, but that seems to be what gets people's attention. A land for an heritage. Those who are his servants do have a heritage here on earth and a heavenly heritage. Who remembered us in our lowest state. He will remember us when we humble ourselves and seek him, when we pray and seek his face. Who hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. He will take us through or out of our situation. Oftentimes, though, remember this. We pray for him. We want instantaneous deliverance from the situation, but that's not always his will. God, what are you trying to show me in this? I thank you for the lessons I'm learning. I thank you 
that you are with me. I thank you, Jesus, for the strength you're giving me. I thank you, Jesus, that I can seek you and find you in this situation. I thank you, Jesus, that I feel your peace in this. I thank you, God, that others sense your joy when no one else around me has joy. They're astounded, God, by the joy, by the peace that they sense when they're with me. I thank you for that, Jesus. Don't always be so quick to want to get out of, but find out what he wants in it. We're so quick to want comfort. But Jesus, what's your purpose? Who giveth us food, or who giveth food to all flesh for his mercy endureth forever? He does provide our daily bread, our daily needs. Quite honestly, here in America, he goes way beyond our daily needs. We are so spoiled and pampered. I mean, we are so spoiled and pampered. We have more wants provided for. There is not a one of us that is in want. Not one of us. We may think we are, but we're not. We should thank him, I mean, for every grain of corn, every, I mean, just, we are so blessed. So blessed in just material things. It's just undescribable. Go online and watch videos of other, just church people. Now, you don't even have to watch the unchurched people. We watch the videos from Pastor's Uganda trip. And, you know, people, and they put on their best for that service. And it's just amazing to me. And they're just so thankful and so happy in the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Why wouldn't we give thanks unto the one and only true and living God? Again, we know him by name. If I walked into the Oval Office, I wouldn't even get into the Oval Office. But again, I have free access to the Holy of Holies. This morning, we had an invitation to come and be in the presence of God in prayer. To bask in his presence every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. We have an appointed time to come and join together. And I'm willing to bet, to gauge, to guess, to whatever word you want to plug in there, that if I went out to this mailbox right now and that's hooked on the back, I said, Pastor, give me the key. And I went back here, and I checked the mailbox. Now, I'm going to pull the mom card on you, and I'm going to fuss you out. So buckle up, and if you don't want to be fussed out, 
I give you permission to stand up right now and go downstairs and use the ladies' room or the men's room. So I'll pause for a minute, close my eyes. No one left. Okay, good. That means I get to fuss out. If I went out there right now and I checked the mail and I came back in, oh, we have a letter from the White House. I wonder what it says. And I opened it up. And it was on embossed paper. And I opened it up. And it had the embossed seal of the president. And it was addressed to Pastor Rufus Parker, Calvary Apostolic Church. Hmm, they didn't know to send it to the P.O. box. But that's okay. We'll forgive him. His staff didn't check it out. They didn't know we had a post office box. Dear Pastor Parker and Calvary Apostolic Church member, You are cordially invited to the Oval Office on Sunday, December 10th or 9th or whatever day that Sunday is, for a visitation with President Trump. We will pay all your airfare. You do not even have to put anything out. Yaddy doody doot at 9 a.m. No RSVPs are required. Just please show up if you are available. Sincerely, President Donald Trump. I am willing to guess that there's not one Calvary Apostolic Church member that would not be there for that flight and would not be at the Oval Office one hour early to walk through screening, be patted down, and go through every hoop that they had to jump through to go and see the president. Yet we had the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God of all creation, give us an invitation this morning. He was sitting on the throne waiting for us to come in. Now, some called and said, I'm going to be a few minutes late. And for that, we thank those. But we just become complacent and commonplace with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm asking us to do a heart check. And ask ourselves, Number one, where's our priorities? Number two, how's our love gauge? Number three, do you truly enter his gates with thanksgiving? Do you truly enter his courts with praise? Are you truly thankful to the Lord for all that he's done for you? Do you have the abiding peace? Because remember we talked about what being thankful brings to your life. It draws you closer to him. It brings you peace that passes all understanding. It gives you joy unspeakable. Do you have the joy of the Lord? Because when my joy gauge starts going down, I know I become unthankful because I haven't been spending enough time in his presence. It's, it's like that dog chasing his tail. 
I'm losing out. And I need to go back. And I need to figure out where I'm missing out. Because I can get so busy. I know life is real. Life is life. We're in this world. But I have to guard my heart that I don't become of this world. I can become just as critical, just as unthankful, just as wound up in this world as the rest of the people. I can walk past people and never say a kind word. You can hold the door open for me and I can walk right past you and never say thank you. I can never thank Brother Richard for the cup of coffee. I can never thank Sister Sue for cleaning the toilets this week. I can, I can become just as complacent and just as unthankful as the next person. And then that carries over to Jesus. When's the last time you said, thank you, Jesus, for saving me? Thank you, Jesus, for the breath you gave me this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the car that you gave me to drive to church today. Thank you, Jesus, for the clothes you gave me to wear. Thank you, Jesus, for the cup of coffee I had this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for, I don't know, what are you thankful for? Thank you, Jesus, for the two feet that I had to stand on today. Thank you, Jesus, that I have half a brain to think with. Thank you, Jesus, for friends. Thank you, Jesus, for family. Thank you, Jesus, for the pillow you gave me to sleep on last night. Thank you, Jesus, for the towel that I got to dry with when I got out of the shower. Thank you, Jesus, for the shower to shower in. Thank you, Jesus, for... We have so much to be thankful for. Ladies, you know... We take things for granted. Guys, you take things for granted. Tomorrow's not promised. Five seconds from now is not promised. And I don't want to end the lesson on a bummer note. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. We're entering into a joyous season. I love to see the excitement. I love to see the joy of that child that gets the gift they want. And there's families that will go deep into debt buying the gift to get the wow, and then they still don't get it. We were talking about that last night at our house. But that thrill, and I just wonder, what Jesus' face must look like up in heaven. When his children say, thank you. When we're appreciative for the little things and the big things, because they're all big things. Our thanks should always be towards Jesus. We should always give him thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. That's reason enough. The fact that he is good is reason enough. His mercy endureth forever. It's unending. So I challenge us at the end of our lesson. Like I said, I didn't mean to end it with a som- somber note, but 
just think about how thankful are you really. And no matter how thankful we are, you can always be more thankful. Purpose in your heart. When you go through Walmart and you check out or Aldi or wherever it is, do you ever thank the person on the other side for coming into work today so that the, and checking you out? I do. Do you know how many rude people they have to put up with? Way too many. I say, thank you so much for coming into work today so that you could check me out. The lady putting the green beans on the shelf, I thank her for putting them on the shelf. The person that cuts my material, I thank her for coming from whatever it was she was doing to do that. The person that gets my a quick trip, wherever, wherever. I, I, I do. I, but sometimes I have to stop myself and go, whoa, bam, thank them, thank them, because I get going. But purpose in your heart, instead of being a grumbler or instead of taking it for granted, yes, they're paid to do it. But they don't have to be a thanker. I'll give thanks unto the Lord and for sure thank the Lord. Break time. Love you all.